Welcome to Palm Sunday, the one day out of the year where millions of children across the globe at churches are forced against their will to march the aisles waving palm branches, bringing them to the front of the sanctuary and laying them on the stage while the parents take pictures. We're not doing that this morning, but because it's Palm Sunday, we're going to talk about Jesus' entrance into the city when he rode in on a donkey. Before we do that, though, I want to remind you of what this week entails. We've changed our entire series. We were doing Not a Fan, and now we've moved into Wake Up, if you have been on the website. Um, That comes out of Ephesians 5.14, Wake up, O sleeper, rise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. So, we're doing Palm Sunday this morning. Tomorrow night, we're meeting back here, if you want to come, at 7 p.m. for another worship experience and teaching. Tuesday, on the website, there's a video teaching to do with your family or your small group. Wednesday, same thing. Thursday, same thing. Friday, meeting back here for Uprising to get ready to celebrate the resurrection of our Lord on Sunday. So nothing Saturday, but 7 p.m. on Monday and Friday. We're meeting here with um, the video series for Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. And we're fasting. So if you've prayed about it and felt like God has called you to enter into a fast so that you can experience some form of clarity in understanding this week that we're remembering and hopefully engaging in, because it's still happening, um, we would, we'll begin that today. I'm fasting from air and walking. April Fool's. April Fool's. So, I love Wikipedia because anyone at any time can write anything they want about anything. So you know you're getting the best possible information. That's a quote from the office. Um, But I looked up on Wikipedia palm branches because I wanted to have some type of an idea what's going on with palm branches with Palm Sunday because I didn't have a clue. And so I looked up Judaism and palm branches and I found out that they mean there's like four different kinds of palm branches, and Jewish people would put them together, and when Jesus rode into town, they put them together, and they symbolized the unity of all of Judaism, and they believed that Jesus was bringing that when he rode into town. And so people were laying palm branches down as he rides his donkey in. They're also taking their coats off. They're setting it down. This entire idea of a savior who's bringing a new kingdom into a place that is ruled by Romans is, is kind of swarming around and people are excited. And so this insane worship begins to break out. People are running home, grabbing their coats, throwing them on the ground. Running home, grabbing their palm branches, throwing them on the ground. Jesus is riding in on all of this and they're worshiping and we're going to get into that scenario this morning. But before we do... I want to simply acknowledge with you, like I've done before, that it is going to be difficult for me to say something that actually penetrates into your mind and heart and causes any form of transformation because I am human like you and it would be foolish of me to try to think that I could take that credit. However, there is this, there's this theological term called synergism, meaning 
we interact with God and he interacts with us and we do it at the same time, that if we can somehow align ourselves with the availability to hear him speak, then there's a lot of potential for good things. So let's take a moment amongst babies that are, that are praying out loud and go ahead and ask God if he wants to come in and transform our lives and maybe we can ask him to and then we'll begin. Yeah, Lord, speak to us this morning. Transform our minds. Align us with your will. In Jesus' name, amen. All right. So there is insane worship going on as Jesus rides into town. And I want to pick up at the point, because a lot happens before he gets on the donkey. He tells his disciples, go, you'll find a guy who's going to give you a donkey. And it's kind of miraculous, the things that are happening. But let's fast forward to the point where he's climbed on it. And he's riding into town, and people are worshiping him in crazy ways. In my opinion, other than prophets cutting themselves to worship the god Baal um, in front of Elisha, this is one of the more insane types of worship experiences um, as Jesus rides in the city recorded in Scripture. So he hops on the donkey, and then in Matthew chapter 21, verse 8, we read this. A very large crowd spread their cloaks on the road while others cut branches from the trees and spread them on the road. The crowds that went ahead of him and those that followed shouted, Hosanna to the son of David. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. When Jesus entered Jerusalem, the whole city was stirred and asked, who is this? The crowds answered, this is Jesus, the prophet from Nazareth in Galilee. Sometimes worship can be extravagant, in this culture especially. We have the best bands that, and the most talented people, and we gather to celebrate to lift our hands. And if you go to some churches, they bring snakes out. I don't recommend that one. But worship can be extravagant. And in this case, when Jesus is riding into the city, this worship is so extravagant that it is on the outside of the city, but all the way on the inside of the city, the people there hear it, and they say, what is going on? And they see it. And they see people running by with palm branches, something's happening, throwing their coats on the ground, and they say, what in the world is going on out there? And they have to know. Sometimes our worship in this community, maybe in Kalamazoo, could be so extravagant and so moving that it causes everyone around us to say, what is going on? We just have to know. We have to know, we have to know, we have to know, and they ask, and then we tell them. But I don't know if you noticed when I read it, there's a slight problem with this one. The the worship is so extravagant that people notice, but when the people notice, they ask, who is this? What is going on? And the crowds say, this is Jesus, the prophet 
from Nazareth in Galilee. Anybody catch anything there? Right, Dan. Jesus is not a prophet. He's the son of God. Jesus didn't come to prophesy, to tell them what was going to happen next. He didn't come to proclaim the Torah to people only. He came to bring his kingdom to this, to this, new, this new group of people known as the human race, not just the Jews. He came to set, set up a kingdom that would be established that if anyone walks into this kingdom, the way they think is completely changed, the way that they live their lives is completely changed, the way that they engage people is completely changed, and the way that they understand who God himself is is completely changed. But these people thought they were worshiping a prophet, which is a little disturbing that they would have that much of an extravagant worship for the wrong Jesus. That makes me wonder about me. It makes me wonder about us. I want to be sure and know that if I'm going to worship extravagantly, that I've got the right Jesus in front of me. So Paul writes in Ephesians, wake up, O sleeper, rise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. He writes that to the church where the Ephesians were. Because they were sleeping. They were maybe worshiping the wrong Jesus. And if if you ever find yourself in a moment where you're questioning if you're worshiping the wrong Jesus, then there's the call to wake up. So in order for us to figure that out this morning, what I want to pose for you is what on earth was Jesus trying to do when he rode into town? He was trying to establish his kingdom. We talk a lot about the kingdom of God, and when we spoke in the Not A Fan series about the kingdom of God versus the kingdom of this world, and their players are in the kingdom, and fans are not in the kingdom, and if you're in the stands, it's a different kingdom than in, with you're in the, when you're in the field and things like that. It's similar, but what we have to get into this morning is what Jesus was wanting in his kingdom and what he was establishing. So here's some common things we talk about when we talk about the kingdom of God. Healing. We talk about freedom, we talk about joy, we talk about our needs being met, and we talk about all of these things happening again and again and again, and we believe that we've entered the kingdom of God if we're experiencing those things. Here's what happens when Jesus rides into town. He's already healed a ton of people. He's already set a ton of people free. He's already met the needs of thousands and thousands of people. He fed 5,000 people. He's already cast the demons out of people. Something different is happening when he rides into town than just healing. The kingdom of God is more than healing and freedom and joy. It is things like forgiveness when you just can't. It's things like selflessness and dying to yourself and things that when we look at them at face value, they're absolutely terrifying. If you've ever been abused in any way, you know exactly what I'm talking about. 
In order to enter into the kingdom of God, in order to enter into forgiveness, in order to enter in the hard things of the kingdom, it's absolutely terrifying. So that's why, up until this point, when Jesus rode into town, he spoke in parables. We talk about Jesus, the guy who spoke all these parables. And we break these parables down. Here's my challenge to you. If you want to jump into the Word, go to the point when he rode into town and start reading. He tells a few more parables, and then he completely stops. Because parables are easy. Here's what parables do. They give you two plus two. And then you kind of solve the rest of the equation in your head. So there's a parable of a lost sheep. The sheep is gone. The, the master leaves the 99 and goes and finds this sheep. And you kind of begin to put this together. Oh, there's, okay, I'm getting a glimpse of the kingdom. There's something about being lost and being found and being desired. And then there's a parable about a lost treasure in a field. There's something about getting rid of everything I have in order to find this and treasuring it. Um, And all of these different parables break down little aspects of the kingdom. And everyone's confused. But once Jesus rides into town, he tells a few more parables. And then he stops giving everybody two plus two and letting them reach these conclusions on their own. He just gives them four. He just says, here's what's going on. My kingdom is coming. And I challenge you to read that, the rest of Matthew, after he rides into town. Do you know what happens once he starts proclaiming the kingdom straight up in people's faces? Does anyone have a guess? He's dead within the week. He's dead within the week. Parables are easy. They're so easy. But the reality of the kingdom, of what it really is, is very hard. And it's terrifying. Jesus has an encounter with a guy named Nicodemus at one point in John chapter 3. And Nicodemus is one of the leading Pharisees, leading teachers of the law, leading conservative church leaders of that time. So much so that he sneaks up at night to find Jesus, to ask him about the kingdom of God. And Jesus starts to talk to him and he says, You cannot enter my kingdom... Unless you're born from above. Meaning, Nicodemus, you're going to have to rethink everything that you've been brought up to think about my kingdom. You're going to have to rethink every possible little thing that you've thought about my kingdom because it's so vastly different. You need to be born from above and start rethinking things from the top down until everything is different. Because the same people who were expecting Jesus to establish a kingdom that they thought needed to be established in order to bring change to the culture, to the world, to their lives, to their oppressors and their families, and worshipped him extravagantly because they believed he was going to bring that thing that brought healing and freedom and justice, were the exact same people that when their expectations were not met, turned around in one week's time, pleaded with the kingdom that they hated to crucify him. The kingdom of God is, was so far vastly different 
than anything that Nicodemus or the people who worshipped Jesus when he rode into town or you or me could have ever imagined. It's so much more than the things that pop into our head when we think kingdom of God. It is so vastly different than everything you could imagine. And that's kind of what I want you to know this morning. Parables are easy. Reality of what God is wanting to do in your life is not just fun and happy. It's hard and it's terrifying. And only the courageous will find it. Prophets are easy. The Son of God coming to transform all of who you are in every way is very difficult. Sleeping is easy. Waking up is hard. Being a person is easy. Being a child of God, it's not easy. Living in monotony and the patterns that this world has to offer you again and again and again and again is easy. It's deathly and potent, but it's easy. Stepping into a place where you ask God to completely change the way you think about everything and establish what his kingdom is, even though you have no idea, is hard. It's very, 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 very hard. And I knew I was going to be saying something like this last Sunday when Rob said that we were doing the Wake Up series. And so I was sitting right down there, and I said, Lord, is there anything that you want to tell this community through me. And I looked up and I saw these children being baptized. And I just felt like God said, I want to baptize this community into my kingdom. And I want to start by doing it through worship. And I thought that was kind of funny because I think of God's kingdom as feeding orphans and taking care of people and all kinds of different stuff, even though it's way more than I could imagine. But he continued to speak to my spirit and say, the tension that people in this community feel when we begin to worship through music together is crazy. And the reason that they don't embrace the thing that I'm calling them to do, whatever that is, I'm not saying wave a flag or roll around, I'm saying whatever God is speaking to your spirit at the time when this community worships together, the thing that the tension is creating that they don't want to do is because they have to have everything figured out in their mind before they step into something. And Rod, you have to have everything in your mind figured out before you step into something. That's why you try to figure out sin in your life and how to solve it. And that's why you try to figure out where you're going in the next place in any part of your life or your job or anything before you take a step. Because we have to know. But what I felt like God said was, I just want this community to know that I love them like crazy. I love them like crazy. And I want them to just step into that 
when God says something to you, when we're worshiping together, step into that. Because although it's terrifying and it's filled with tension and it's a bit, it's a bit weird or crazy or you're uncomfortable, what you're experiencing is a kingdom over here and a kingdom over here and they are at war. But eventually, at some point in history, toward the end of time, when Jesus Christ returns, this kingdom is going to envelop this one and we're going to be completely free. And it's our job to give people a glimpse of that today. But the kingdom does not come to people who know what it is. It only comes to people... There you go. Yeah. The kingdom only comes to people who are willing to step into something that they have no idea. Blindfold yourself if you have to. But I promise you, there is more life in that place that you don't have anything figured out than in the place where you have to have everything figured out. So let's just worship again. And let's listen to the Spirit of God and be led by the things that He would want to move us into. And screw all of that tension that says you don't want to do it because that's from another kingdom and you were not created to live in that kingdom.